0: The Educated Ignorance podcast here on the Four Fantasy Sake QC Qu- Podcast Network. It is a Thursday, you know what that means. Blake is back in the building. We are going to be discussing some NBA stuff. We're going to discuss discuss some stuff with the Sixers. I get to, my heart's going to explode for Tyrese Maxey. That'll be fun. Blake's going to rag on the Celtics because I think it's his favorite thing to do. Uh, we're going to talk some ACC tournament. We're going to make fun of some bubble teams. It's bubble watch week, by the way. Conference championship week. A lot of people will be sad. Some will be happy. We're going to find out uh, basketball on the horizon. Coming up next here on the 4 Fantasy AQC podcast network. Uh, Live from the game room. I walk in and Blake turned the light on, so we're ready to roll. Yeah, If you didn't catch it, uh, Tuesday night we posted the interview with Kendrick Prince. Probably would have shared it between... When we're recording this now, Wednesday early Wednesday evening to win this post on Thursday, probably will have re-shared that, so go give that a whirl. It's a Big Ten tournament preview. We talk a lot of Illinois basketball, things like that, Uh, even some Illinois recruiting at the end when it comes to some kids in the Western Big Six. Talked about Brock Harding, Brady Longcore, guys like that, so that was cool. Uh, but no, that was awesome. That was uh, one of my favorite interviews I've done, and I know a lot of people liked it. So go ahead and give that some love and tell your friends about it. But on the horizon, once again, Blake Ringer in the building. Let's get to it. It looks like you lost another one. is here live from the game room once again, the Educating Nerds Podcast, where ga- from the game room where game is discussed, and as always, we have game to discuss. Mr. Ringer, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, like always, man. How are you? It's great. We're here on this Wednesday night recording, cherishing these days and whatnot. I see what you did there. I know. That's a shout out to you for being an asshole. Hey, someone's got to be. <laughs> Very true. All right, we're going to talk a lot of hoops, of course. Uh, at the end, we're going to talk some AC tournament. We're going to talk about what the what the hell happened to Wake Forest today because that was, in a word, hilarious. Um, Your fault. Huh? Your fault. If it means anything, I motherfucked them to be good, and then they, they sucked themselves. Uh, and then Xavier, as well, did it to them. Uh, tough, tough stuff. But as... Uh, as always, obviously we're going to talk some NBA, we're going to start with some Philadelphia 76ers And I didn't mean it to go where last week we talked about Western Conference stuff And this week we're going to talk about some Eastern Conference stuff We'll talk about some stuff from the West this week too Obviously I guess we did talk about the Heat last week, but I wanted to start with the Sixers Because right now they are playing really, really well And Monday I believe it was when they played Chicago and beat, uh, played real well and Bede went nuts Blake, the thing that is that I mainly want to touch on is the stuff for the Sixers. Obviously, Embiid has been playing well. Harden has fit like a glove. But the thing that has been unlocked is, and he was playing well already, but I, I want to take this time, this portion of time that we have on this earth to romanticize about one of my new favorite players in the league, and that's Tyrese Maxey. He has been a guy that obviously you could I think you were probably on the train before I was. Last season, as one of their guys off the bench, he played some really important and really good playoff minutes for them last year, <laughs> considering when you think about them in the playoffs, outside of Seth, they had no other guard that did anything. Maxi was great. And now, with this season, he's been pretty much their lead guard, even before the Seth Curry trade. Now, especially with Harden there, he has become this efficient machine on offense, knowing how to pick his spot, Good shooter, knowing when to cut. He does all the little things, Blake. Maxi is evolving into something really, really special, and he's becoming – he's a guy that's a future top 50 player in the league.
1: Yeah, no, I think obviously getting James Harden on any team usually is helpful, but with him, I think he he explodes it more because he's really a two guard, and while when they didn't have Harden, he was playing more of one. And I just think that he is, you know, he's a really good backdoor cutter. He's a really good spot-up shooter, catch-and-shoot. He's always going to be open. I mean, they're either double-team Harden, double-team and Joel. He's always going to be the guy that's going to be open. And I think the way he's just – his spot-up shot is really good, and he attacks the basket very well. And With James Harden there, it just makes him even more of a weapon than he already was. The craziest thing, dude, is his efficiency. It's been nuts. I mean, he's hitting, he's playing all these games and he's
0: making at least 50% of his shots in every game he's played since Harden has got there. It's because they're so wide open. And there's a couple of these games where he's shooting like 7 of 12, 8 of 13, things like that. I mean, obviously, got you, when you get those type of shots, you have to make them. Um, but it's also, I think, the fact that he's taking efficient shots. He's not just out there burping up open threes on ball reversals. He's knowing what to do to be able to catch an attack and... I never I guess I just never thought that his IQ and how to play the game would evolve right so quickly
1: yeah no uh, again, it's literally it's the whole world revolving around them getting James Harden again he's shooting very efficiently, which he has been all year, but it, it helps that they get James Harden because again he, even if he gets an open look in the corner, he steps in from the three point line and takes a higher percentage shot. He's very he's very smart with the ball um, he knows what he's doing. He is doesn't turn it over very often. Again, he takes very, very high percentage shot, and he attacks the basket a lot, and he gets a lot of free throws.
0: That this team, speaking of free throws, has lived at the line since they got Harden, um, which you would expect. I mean, Embiid is good at drawing fouls. Obviously, Harden is S tier at it. Look, people can talk shit about it, Blake, but it is—it's a skill to be able to draw free throws. To draw fouls, to get to the line like they do, they're not out there just getting ticky tack calls. Now, granted, some of the stuff that they do at times is baiting, but to ha- to be what they are, to be the forces they are, and to be as hard to guard as they are, to get into advantageous positions, obviously that takes skill, and what they're doing is very skillful. With that, with all that said, I mean the thing that had, I guess, I don't know, maybe I was just, maybe I was just expecting them to to struggle or for it to not look as easy early. Outside of that game against the Heat, I think they kind of, they took that game, they, they sat hard and they kind of just punted that game second half of the back-to-back. Uh, you know, outside of that game, I think they've clearly kind of punted on the one seed. They're probably playing for the two seed now. There's just, that's just a lot of games to, 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 to mine that gap here in the last few weeks of the season. I'm just so shocked on how efficient everything is with them. They can get it every single trip. They're able to get the highest quality of looks off of pick and rolls, guy ball reversal, spot up shooting, Embiid post touches, Harden isolations, Maxi doing something. No matter who it is, are they extremely deep? No, but with how efficient they are on the offensive end, they don't need to be.
1: I mean, you you say that now. Death is always going to be good, especially if you are going to go on a deep playoff run. And- Obviously, I think they will go on a deep playoff run. But, again, it's all its all because everything, like you said, fits like a glove. Everything works and meshes so well. You know, he's never had a true point guard. They finally got, a you know, a true point guard. They have arguably the best center in the league, arguably. We're going to talk about that in a bit. <laughs> um, and then they have a shot creating shooting guard who can attack the basket and spot up and shoot. And, you know, they have Tobias Harris, who isn't a scrub. Again, it's all about floor space, and everybody works and meshes so perfectly with each other. It's just – it's a very hard matchup. They've got a –
0: got an eight-man rotation that they can use, and they can bring in a ninth. I will say, once you get past Joel, like, you have a night where he's in foul trouble, something like that. They're not particularly big. I'm not the biggest DeAndre Jordan fan in the world. I don't really think he has much left to give. So, even though he's there, like, I don't think that's a difference maker. Um, But I think they've got some lineup combinations. You have their starting five. Then you have Green, Niang, Maz off the bench. You have Shake Milton, who can do some stuff. Um, But when you get to the playoffs, when you get into those games, you're playing seven, eight, nine guys. I mean, just think of the Bucks and Suns rotations so when they got to the finals game five, like the, the final last year, mm-hmm. the Bucks played seven guys. And then Jeff Teague played like four minutes in game six, which is still hilarious. Uh, but, you know, so that's why I'm saying I think the roster is deep enough rotation wise. Do I wish that they had another guy? Obviously. But I think for what they have, the pieces, there work. Now it's obviously what can you do? How far can you get?
1: Yeah, no, you're, I mean, you're 100% right. I mean, once you get deeper in the playoffs, you don't run as deep of a rotation. It's just their one problem, I think, is that, again, like you said, I don't really trust DeAndre Jordan. Um, I don't really think he does anything for the team, if I'm going to be honest. It, I think it, they just needed a body for in case, you know, Joel gets an early foul trouble. But, again, I mean, we're all smart enough to know that they'll probably go on a deep playoff run they're good enough and they have enough talent, too.
0: Yeah, this team is finals or bust.
1: Yeah, this team
0: is your last team standing, or it wasn't worth it. But in this situation, that's a good thing to have.
1: Yeah, no, you are you're you're definitely
0: right. So, uh, am I nuts on the maxi top fifty guy thing? I think that's sooner than later. Top, if you we pull up like the Nick Wright tier pyramid thing he did, where I think he had top his top fifty players in the league right now. Oh, I'm obviously I, talking in he, the league, not of all time people. Yeah, he's yeah. not. He's.
1: I don't think. I don't know <laughs> if he's top fifty right now. No, but I would not def, say. He definitely. He he definitely will be easily,
0: just because of what he can do. Yeah. And especially you have Harden there, Harden and Harden style is a guy that he can play for a long time. You just who knows with the Embiid stuff? It's kind of year to year. You big men like that don't last forever. Yep. But with Maxi, I think Maxi and Harden can be a fantastic combination. And obviously, over time, they'll continue to add more guys throughout the years. But I think Maxi is – he's tough. He's special. No, I he's, love his game.
1: He's very special. i He's a winning – he is a winning player. I thought he was a steal when they got him as late as they did. I, I liked him.
0: I liked him. I never thought that it was this. Like, you see certain guys and you see what they do, like, at the collegiate level. And sometimes you just don't see it. But, like, it was just – it's a whole different thing with him. And last year in the playoffs, see, and that's when I kind of figured out, oh yeah, he he has it. And then this year, I remember the Bucks game, literally right after the Harden trade, right before the uh right before the um the All Star break, and there was a point like in the second quarter where Harden told them, well, Harden was there, he hadn't dressed yet, but he was with the team and he was talking to Tyrese, pretty much saying like, I need we need you to score, and he scored like fourteen in the second quarter, kept them afloat, and then they won it in the fo- they won, they won it late. That was right before the All-Star break. Yep. That's the type of stuff. Like, he can be a go-to guy late. Like, you have one of those games where Harden's struggling in the playoffs where he's shooting six for 22. You can go to Maxi to get – you can go to Maxi. You know, if Embiid's getting doubled, you kick it out. Stuff like that. Some guards are in foul trouble. Maxi's in there. You can go to him. He's a reliable guy that can he, – He is one hell of a guy to have as your third option on a team you're trying to win a championship.
1: Yeah, on. definitely him elevating his game over the last – just a year, I'd say, or even the last six months, is definitely going to help them be more dangerous than they already are.
0: He had to be, had to be going into the offseason or oh into the off season, knowing with the whole Bill, Ben Simmons stuff, knowing he'd have to elevate his game because he came into
1: this year really
0: at this next level.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, he definitely worked on his game a lot in the off season to be able to be where he is right now.
0: Very smart player. Seventeen and a half a game. Um, four. You know, four and a half assists, which is all stuff that you love, which is all stuff that's good. Again, and the thing that I'm just so mind-bogglingly in love with is 48% from the field, 42% from three, Blake, this season. That's the type of stuff. Efficient shots, efficient shooting, and especially since Harden, you, you, you hit it. I mean, like, he's getting these looks and he's taking advantage of them. Eventually, you're going to have to do more to close him off and then – that's when you can get Harden single covered. That's when you just get a beat single covered to throw the ball in the hem of the post. They've already established that the pick-and-roll game with with James and Joel is extremely tough to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, why people didn't think that... People thought that just because all Harden did was throw lobs to Clint Capella, he couldn't run in the pick-and-roll game acting like he can't throw a pocket pass. Um, <laughs> but here we are, and my God, it's been it's been something to watch. They have been... Absolutely rolling. And then they welcome the uh, the Nets to town on Thursday. So that'll be good. With Kyrie coming off of one of the greatest performances in regular season history. You know, his efficient field goal percentage was like 101. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah, yeah. No, he... it's, good. it's good to see him back. Dude, I miss that guy so much. I'm not a Nets hater, for those wondering. I just like to think that I just like to trash Blake and say he's a Nets fan. I love what the Nets are. I love Durant. I love Kyrie. I love Bill Simmons, uh, Ben Simmons. Love him. What Kyrie did last night was bananas. Fifty was, points on yeah. nineteen shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was something. He is. He's different. If he is able to play, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing with him is if. Um, that's why I cannot give my truest. Opinion and statement on what I think they're going to be because I don't know. You don't know if he's going to be available or not. That right now is the biggest worry with them. Let's move on. Uh, I want to do some MVP discussions real quick before we get into our most controversial topic of the day, maybe. Um, This thing is not as wide open and clear cut as I thought it was going to be. No. Because that Serbian menace playing in Denver playing in the Rocky Mountains. That boy's starting to do some stuff. Did you see what he did the other night uh in the fourth quarter and overtime? I don't remember who they I think they it was against the Pelicans. In the fourth quarter and overtime, Blake. He played 15 minutes. He had 30 points on 10 of 11 shooting and 9 for 9 from the stripe in the fourth quarter and overtime alone.
1: Dumb. Yeah, yeah. Against the Warriors on Monday, he had thirty-two, fifteen, and thirteen, and only missed four shots. Man, if the Warriors fall to the three seed and they play the Nuggets,
0: I am telling you, man, are you telling me it wouldn't take Denver over them as the as the Warriors are constructed right now. You have no idea when Draymond's coming back. As Warriors are, are construct- we? Don't know. We don't even know if James Wiseman exists. He's played like six games. Of basketball
1: since 2019. He makes his uh, G League debut tonight. So, How about it? But uh, right now, Constructed, no, I'm taking the Nuggets because they have Jokic. Is there a chance he can pull off the back-to-back? MVP? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to win. He's my favorite to win. So
0: you would – do you have uh, FanDuel? You got FanDuel, right? Yeah. Can you do me a favor?
1: Can you pull up the
0: odds right now for the MVP? I could, yeah. I would like. I would appreciate you doing that. Because right now, I would have to guess it's Harden, but I would have to think that Jokic is extremely close behind. Like he's right there. You said Harden or er, not Harden? Embiid. Excuse me. Oh, okay. Me. I was about I'm to, drunk. I was about to say, excuse me. This this bottle is full of vodka, not water. Deja, deja death. Deja, deja svetka.
1: Right now, Joel Embiid is the favorite. What's the odds? Uh, he he is minus 145, okay. and then Jokic is plus 150.
0: Okay, so that's close. Is third Giannis? Yes. Fourth, I'm guessing, Ja? Yeah. Fifth, it's not DeRozan. It is. It is DeRozan? Uh, yeah. That's good. That means he might, which is going to lead me to my next thing. I wanted to kind of talk with this into some first-team All-NBA stuff. Um. What would you do? What would you have? Who would you put where? Would you put? Would you be a menace and put Jokic and Embiid on the first team together? If not,
1: yeah, they're going to be on first team together.
0: I don't think so because they weren't last year and they were the top two. They put Jokic or they put Embiid on the
1: second team. I think it's going to be Ja, Ja, DeRozan, LeBron, Jokic, Embiid. I think it'll be Ja.
0: DeMar, LeBron, Giannis, whoever wins the MVP. And then the other guy will be second team. Just because they play it, like, that's the one true... You have guards, you have forwards, and you have center. <laughs> yeah. No. Unfortunately, that's the case. I do feel like the DeMar DeRozan first-team All-NBA thing is actually going to be manifested.
1: Because Steph,
0: Steph fell off. What other guard are you putting there? It's obviously Ja. He's first. Luca, Devin Booker. Okay. <laughs> That is the... Ch- if Luka continues his rampage he's on, he could very well steal it from DeMar. I think Jaws got it locked up. But I think we can at least agree that... And I think that it's pretty well in the bag. DeMar is at least second-team All-NBA. Absolutely. Which is which I'm okay with. When was the last time a Bulls guy was there? Joakim, when he was first-team? When he was uh, MVP finalist? Or Rose. when he finished like, fourth in MVP voting? Him or Rose? Good times. Remember that time we lived in when Joe jo Kim Noah was fourth in MVP voting.
1: Derrick Rose's ACL cost us the championship. You think so? Yeah.
0: That team, that was the that was the Noah. I think that no was that the Noah. That might have been the Noah dominant season, 2012. That was the year Noah finished top five in MVP voting, mm-hmm. and he was just magnificent. One of the most enigmatic players in NBA history. I miss that man. Yeah. Do you just miss that entire Bulls team?
1: Yeah. I like the I like this one though. I do. I do. I do. Do
0: we have? Do we? Uh, I want to get your take on this, and you can go for a minute on this. I want your good, hard, hold-hearted opinion. The O for whatever against top, the top six teams in the league. That it's. For the Bulls? I think it's at a point, even though they're hurt, I do think it's at a point where... It means... It is it is a thing. It means jack shit to me. Really? You think Absolutely. so? Jack shit. Doesn't mean Just anything. because of how hurt they are? I want to notice, though. I want to go in there... How unhealthy have the other teams been that they've played?
1: Honest to God, you can go through... We've <laughs> The team that we've beaten twice was the Nets, and they were hurt. That's the only team we've beaten. You
0: can go through every... Yes, that is true. You can go through every team in the league
1: and mention they guys that have been yes. out. Yet. Yes, but as bad as the Bulls. You're missing Lonzo, arguably your best defender. Caruso, arguably your second best defender. Patrick Williams, arguably your third best defender. Maybe. <sighs> maybe fourth. Maybe Miami. Because
0: Lowry's over 20 games missed. Bam's at tw- Bam missed 25. Butler missed like 16-17. They got hit pretty hard with COVID and injuries. Yeah,
1: and they were doing as well as the Bulls, but, but outside of outside of that, it mean it means jack shit to me until I see them healthy. If they if they do the same thing healthy then yeah, it's it's a problem, but doesn't mean anything to me right now.
0: Are you worried that there's a chance they could fall to Absolutely, the five because they have. I do not think they'll fall to the six, because I think Cleveland is in a rut right now, sc- and I do not. Their strength schedule right now is, is number two. brutal. It's bad. They finish with like 11 of 17 on the road, or 11 of their last 16 or something now on the road, and it's not easy. Nope. I think They probably go to Boston a few more times. You're probably looking at the Bucks or the Celtics in round one. Probably. Because I think Philly will win enough to get the two. That just
1: depends on how soon we get Caruso and Pat Will back, because they both got cleared today, so.
0: What's the word with Lonzo? Is there one? Will he play again this year? Yeah. Hopefully. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think Pat getting Pat Will and Caruso back is pretty Um that'll be big, obviously. Because that just gives you more depth, more guys that can do stuff. And things like that. I do I will say this. The 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 O for whatever in those games is pretty remarkable, but they have played a lot of those games. They're all it, close. They're all close. Is the th- we've had outside of like the Sixers game. The Six one, the one the, some of the Sixers games early in the season were pretty close. Like there was one at home where they were going back and forth. Uh, like earlier, like I think November. Um, there was one in Philly that was super close. They
1: lost to the Bucks by four. Just re- like that was Friday, right? No, this was at the beginning of the year. Oh, you're talking about the beginning of the year. They lost to the. Uh, uh, this is the beginning of th- this 2022. So okay. January 21st, they lost to the Bucks by four. Was
0: that the game that Caruso broke his wrist?
1: Yes. Okay. See, they lost to the Raptors by four. They lost. Raptors to-
0: would not count in this. We're looking at Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State. That's the six teams. The two Golden State games. Well, have they? Wait, have they played the Warriors a second time yet?
1: Yeah, yeah, they've they've played.
0: They played them twice. Yeah. Okay. The the, the Golden State games, the two Memphis games, and the two Phoenix games. Okay. Those so, those games were not first, that pretty. Yeah, they
1: lost to Philly by five, first game. Second game, they lost to Philly by ten. They beat Brooklyn. Uh, they lost to Miami by three. They beat Brooklyn. This what, what, is early season stuff. What team are we talking about what teams?
0: The Heat, Sixers, Bucks, Suns, Grizzlies, Warriors. Uh
1: they got blown out by the Warriors. I'll say the two the games against the teams from the west are the ones I'm worried they about. They lost to the Celtics by 2. Yep, I remember that. Lost to Milwaukee, lost to Memphis by 10, lost to Milwaukee by 4. Lost to Philly by 11. The games against Philly lost, are... Both- lost to Miami by 13. Lost to Bucks by 6. Lost to Philly by 15. The games against you, the Sixers I'm honest, worried about. Do you think Lonzo, Crusoe, and Pat will are a four-point difference? So you're talking about games like against Milwaukee. Because those you, are the games that are closer. Do you think they are a four-point turnaround? I know they played... I'm not in saying they'd win. Them games. I'm just saying, do you think they'd... It's a four-point
0: turnaround. I do think that the games that they... I think them playing obviously matters. I think that right now for them... I'm worried about them regardless if they run into Philly. Because that's a, tr- that's a dump truck that you're not getting in the way of. Unless you just have continuous bodies that you can just try to wear the shit out of Joel with. I don't know how... Now, here's another thing, too. Maybe... I don't even know if I should say maybe, if you get healthy and you play the Sixers, there's a much better chance that you're going to have more firepower to score with them beat for beat. The problem is, though, I don't know if you're going to be able to be as efficient in a seven-game series against a team like that. The one thing, though, I will say is, obviously, if you get those three back, you are going to be much more... Capable defensively against those teams, you're not going to have to worry about teams getting getting off their game against you guys, like certain teams had. Like if if Lonzo and Caruso are playing when they played the Grizzlies the other night, yeah, Ja has been stupid.
1: He's been fantastic. Is Johnny going for
0: forty six? But you, had, but you have two, not.
1: But you have two buys to on that are all easily all defensive players.
0: The issue that I have is going to be if they play Philadelphia with with Joel. That's a freight train. Yes, but then if they play the Bucks, Giannis is just obviously proven. He is at a level where it does not matter. He is going to wreck anything that is in front of him.
1: Yeah, but you got to realize how good Pat will is on defense, and it's. I'm not saying he's going to stop Giannis, but it's a body that you have to throw on Giannis. Imagine with Alonzo and Caruso, you're stopping Harden. You have Pat will, Alonzo, Caruso, Javante Green, Isle, all all to throw at him and James Harden, Maxi and James Harden. Like I said, I'm not saying the Bulls are going to sit here and win at all. I don't. Even, I do not even say they're going to get out of the first round. I'm just saying I think the record means nothing. Jack shit means nothing until I see them healthy.
0: I think it is meaningful that they are going to get the chance to get their feet wet, regardless.
1: Yeah. No. It is good, good that they're going to be able to actually, you know, play a little bit of games together, um, whether or not Alonzo comes back during the year or not. Um, you have even even if they're. Under a five seed, they're going to be tough as shit to try to knock out full healthy. I think if they fell to the six, that'd be kind
0: of baffling because I don't know how the, I don't think the Cavs would be able to turn it around enough to jump them, but the Bulls right now, who knows? I would, love... I just, I, it's one of those things where you just need to see them win certain games that are that mean more to be able to, to feel better about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like. It'd be nice just to see them. Let me pull. Let me pull up their schedule here. They they're playing the Pistons tonight. Um, they play the Cavs on Sunday. They have some games here where they're going to be able to kind of they get have some cushion. cavs.
1: Sacramento Jazz, Phoenix, Toronto, Milwaukee, New Orleans, Cleveland, New York, Washington, Clippers, Miami, Bucks, Boston, Charlotte, Minnesota. So roughly, you have all playoff teams besides the Kings, New York and the Kings.
0: All teams even fighting for their playoff lives outside of the Knicks and the Wizards. Yep. So, because even like the Hornets, they're fighting for their playoff lives. The the King, the the Kings, the the Kings, the Pelicans, they're all fighting for the 10th seed in the West. So, definitely games that are, are that are meaningful. Win some of them and it's going to be like, "All right, you'll feel good going into the playoffs." I think there was a stretch where they kind of peaked a little bit way too soon, kind of around from Christmas. You had the back-to-back game winners that DeMar had on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, and then they fell down a little bit, and then they had that crazy win streak right before the All-Star game when DeMar had the five, what was it, seven straight games with 35, or eight straight games or whatever it was, with 35 points. Um, and that was, again, a little bit of a peaking too early thing. Now it's a little bit of a crest. Now you've rolled through this trough and then you hit the horse again when you get to the end of March into April. So I'm not worried. I just wanted to notice your take on if on if it was a, a big deal. All right, let's move on to a team that is doing the opposite of what the Bulls are doing right now, and it is the Boston Celtics. Uh, there are multiple ways to look at this team, and I think all of them, Blake, are right. I think there is the way of... Holy shit, what they're doing right now is nuts. And it needs to be praised. The run that they've been on, how well they've been playing for the last month or two. I think there's also a, <laughs> a, a crazy portion of people that are trying to pick them as one of the favorites to win the title. We'll get to that. A lot of the analytic stuff when it comes to percentages, we kind of noted this last week. A lot of it comes off of like point differential stuff. And their point differential during this streak has been nuts. I think they have a top, they have a top by point differential in the league. I think they have the number one point differential in the East. So stuff like that, it matters when it comes to that type of stuff. I will say this: defensively, they've been ridiculous. Offensively, they have guys that you can go to. So I think there is a bunch of different ways to look at it where you can praise it and also say let's all let's cool down the 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 Jets when it comes to anointing this team as the, the the number one team in the East, the favorite to get out of the East. I think you can look at that both ways and you can be right. I know you're you're one to kind of smack people out of the air when they're trying to talk about this team, and I understand what you're getting at. So I want you to have the floor here here to talk to 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 let your feelings be heard on the Celtics and what they've been doing for the last twenty uh what would it be? Twenty one or so. Uh they're they started eighteen and twenty one, they're twenty one and
1: six since so the last twenty seven games. You know me, I've told you. Um for me it's just another year of the Celtics being the Celtics, you know, they start off mediocre. Um, you're like, Oh man, we thought they were gonna be good and then they get on this hot streak and then everybody overreacts. Um I think Jason Tatum is an all world talent. I love Robert Williams. Al Horford for them is big. Jalen Brown's amazing. Um The Derek White trade I think. The is really accusation good. of Derek White was really good. Really good. Um But for me, it's it's one of those things that I don't trust them until I see them actually do it. Um
0: Well let me counter this. What do you mean by do it? Are you talking about this iteration this year? We're talking about in a general because reminder as 20-year-old the, the two nucleus guys as 20-year-olds, and even Hortford was on that team. Went to the they were one win away. They were five wins away from a championship. Two two years ago, in the bubble, they were six wins away from a championship. So saying get there, they have. they have. They know what it takes to win. They know what it takes to get there. Now they have gotten to the final four and they have come up short. But this is a team that isn't going to be afraid of the moment. All those guys are able to say, yeah. Smart, Tatum, Brown, Hortford, all of those guys are gonna be able to say, Yeah, we know like we've been here. This isn't nothing new to us. Even Time Lord last year, like he he got the rub of pretty much playing huge minutes when they played the Nets and lost I think in five
1: Yeah, no. I I think this again, this is just another Celtics thing. They're gonna get to the second round. They're gonna struggle. I, I'm not. I'm just not a fan. I'm just not a fan. I don't think. I think Jalen and Tatum are great, but I don't think they're going to be able to win together.
0: This season, and you're talking in general. I, I and, just in Just as they because of their play style, just because of how the, it, their
1: place. I think. I think they're. They they play very very similar, to each other. Like they have the same game. Um, Jalen's a little bit better defensively. They're both very good shot creators. They're both very, very good at attacking the basket. Um, I just think they're both the type of players that kind of need the ball in their hand to be able to dominate. They're both very streaky, you know. You don't think that that's
0: going to be able to help though when you get into these playoff series against like so. Let's say they get out of round one and they're playing. If you just if you just do it by top five, top four in the East, and they're part of it, so if you put them instead of Chicago. Um, they're playing either the Heat, the Sixers, or the Bucks. they're going to have the ability to get ugly buckets, to be able to score in grotesque fashions, which usually is how you have to win in the playoffs. And the thing that I like so much about them is defense.
1: No, they're Their defensive. They're very good are defensively, nuts. but again, that doesn't mean anything to me. The Knicks last year were the number one defensive team in the league.
0: Yeah, but I do think that they had a lot of crazy game, like close game luck, and also to that team offensively was putrid. I do think the 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 Celtics. The Celtics
1: are definitely better offensively than that Knicks. Team the Celtics
0: were. have two guys that can score twenty. You have Smart, who can do stuff. Horford and Williams, like they're they're the the, the stuff that they're able to do. Combine on both ends. They can play multiple ways. Like, just think of how they were able to play the s- the Nets on Sunday. You got Durant going n- nuts, and Kyrie's playing pretty well, and you're still able to combat it and make necessary stops and score enough to win. Now, obviously, a lot of that came with Jason Tatum going nuclear. Yeah, I think he had, what, 54 on Literally Sunday being able to miss. against the Nets. But that's the type of stuff he can do, and I think that Look, obviously, you can't expect him to have 15 playoff games, but, I mean, it's he's done it. He has done it. Yeah, no. Um, but I do believe that this team... I think saying that this team is the favorite to win the East is a stretch.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely. That not. is
0: the stuff that I'm like, eh. Now, if you're putting them in a collective of people, Absolutely. Like, I think if you're putting on the collective teams in the East, if you're saying Miami is one, and then in that next group you probably have paired up uh, Philly and Milwaukee, and then after that you probably would have Boston in their own tier as four, I would say that's fine. Or if you wanted to group them with Milwaukee and and Philly, just because you have Milwaukee, who's so good two-way, Boston, who's so great defensively, Philly, who's so great offensively. If you want to say all those three types of teams can put in the same tier. And then the next tier you have Chicago, Toronto, Brooklyn, just because, again, the Brooklyn thing. Who the hell is he? Who is going to be on that roster? Game one, night one of the playoffs. I have no fucking idea. I, would, I like to think I know who, but we just don't, don't know. That's my Brooklyn stuff it's not me hating it's who's going to be available for you if I know they have a full roster and Kyrie's able to play home games that changes because they move up a tier they move up multiple tiers they are yeah, in, absolutely they are lumped in that Philly Boston Milwaukee tier uh, but as I would have it now you have in that other tier Toronto Bl- Chicago Cleveland Brooklyn. That's I would say the rest, and then Atlanta maybe. Atlanta, if they're, they're a scary play-in team if they can somehow get in. I just don't think they will, because they're going to have to play Charlotte and then probably beat Toronto or Brooklyn to get
1: in. Good luck with that. That's going to be tough. That's a tough matchup. Um,
0: but they can do it. But that's just my thing on the Celtics. If you if you say they're the favorite to win the East, I'm like, nah, let's hold our horses. But I think if I don't think it's wrong to put them in a group of teams. Where all these teams in the East, there's so much to love, but there's also stuff. It's like each one of them has a glaring flaw. Like Miami's is, can you do it enough consistently? Like who's going to be your number one go-to guy late? Is it going to be Jimmy, who has never had like back-to-back consistent, uh, like dominant playoff games in his career? Is it going to be Bam? Can we really trust him as a number one option in the playoffs? Is it going to be Tyler Hero, who can? It's
1: done in the playoffs. He
0: has, but it's like, okay, are we sure? Like this is going to be a thing. The Bucks, it's so they're so fucking inconsistent. That's my biggest thing with the Bucks. Otherwise, I would just hammer the Bucks, saying yes, them, but they're so inconsistent. The Sixers, it's another thing. Like obviously the shady history of of Doc in the playoffs, the shady history of Harden in the playoffs, those type of things. Obviously Brooklyn's the health. The Bulls, it's we haven't seen them beat top tier teams. The Celtics, I would say it's as good as defensively as they are. There is offensive stuff that I would say gives me worries. They probably have. Le-
1: I think they play they play too much ISO. Yep. a lot of it's give the ball to Jason. Give the ball to Jalen. Give the mid-post. ball to Jalen mid post. See what they can do. Jason though has proven lately,
0: and especially in that Nets game, he's becoming more of a guy that can make really good decisions. And no. I'm starting to like that a lot about his game. He he has no longer tur- he has no longer this. Once the ball gets to me, it is n- going nowhere else. He is able to dissect and decision make to get other guys involved for them to get efficient shots.
1: No, yeah, he's definitely developed his passing game better, but even in the Brooklyn game, it just he it, he just happened to be hot, but even in the Brooklyn game it got late and, you know, Kevin Durant came down the court, spotted up, hit him shot him in the eye with a three. You know, Jason Tatum then ran down, didn't take 3 seconds off the shot clock, ran down, threw up a three missed it, then Kevin Durant came back down, hit a mid-range, and then Jason did it again to where he missed. But he ended up hitting, like, the next four shots after that. But it's, like, one of those things where, like, it's just I think when it gets into the crunch time, I think it's going to be either all about, hey, it's either going to be Jason or Brown just running down the court, chucking up a shot like they're not running any, you know, set screens. You know, hey, Jason, come off this screen, fly to you, the mid-range post here. You, you
0: want to see them in you crunch know, time. Have important possessions that are effective possessions.
1: The reason the reason that game didn't really do much for me is Jason just hap- he happened to be hot. But what happens when it's late in the game? You know, he has twenty. Brown has. And 20, instead of shooting sixteen for
0: thirty, he's shooting eight for thirty. Eight for thirty. I and want to like, see
1: what you're going to do then. I don't. That's her. That's a fair. That is
0: a fair. That's a fair. Again, assessment.
1: I think Jason Tatum is a future All NBA first teamer. Future thirty-point-per-game score should have been on the
0: should have been an All-NBA player, not first team. It should have been an All-NBA last year. He got screwed.
1: It's just I just I want to see it when it matters in the crunch time.
0: That's fair. We're gonna see it this year because they're about as I don't know if they're a dog, but they're about as um, if they were they're about as live of a dog as anybody. Um, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna do some ACC hoops. Next. Duke's gonna Blake's gonna talk a lot about Duke here uh, for about fifteen minutes. <laughs> so this will be fun. Here we go. Alright, we're gonna talk some ACC hoops. Um well I guess college hoops in general. I want to make a couple bubble statements first. Um couple teams I think today pretty much played their way out of the tournament. Um your fault. Is it though?
1: Absolutely you jinxed let's, them, absolutely
0: let's start with let's start with the ACC then. So today Wake Forest took center stage on bull jiving on the bubble and against the worst offense in the ACC, they were losing in the second half. And then I said in our group chat, I said, I basically said how Wake Forest was fumbling the bag. And then they went up 10. Reminder on the worst offense in the ACC they were up ten with like three minutes left, and I said I motherfucked Wake for I motherfucked the Deeks into the field of sixty eight, and then they proceeded to blow a ten point lead against the worst offense in the ACC in three minutes and lose in overtime. And I think, actually, I don't think if they get in the field, Blake, it's it's a sham. There's zero way they should make the field of
1: sixty-eight. The demons?
0: Yes, I think they're out.
1: Twenty-three nine is hard not to put in the turning. Yeah, but have you seen their resume? Yes, I have. It's it not is good. Putrid. It
0: is. They are not making the field. Xavier, Exhibit B. Oh man, if 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 the com- committee only took how they used to, where it was they took teams based on how they were playing. Like, other than, obviously, they they added that into the fact there is no question Xavier would miss the field. But Xavier is, I think, out. Like, they were probably on the 10 line for me. Nah, with them losing to Butler today, they're definitely out. They have to be. Especially, they are a bid stealer away from getting clipped and being out. Like, that is sayonara. I think Rutgers and Michigan move up into the... They are clearly safer than they were today, coming into today. Michigan, I still think, has to win. I think that, again, I said this with Ked. I said this. I'm going to say this again. That Indiana-Michigan game tomorrow, I think, is loser leaves town. I think the loser of that game is out, um, barring some ma- like some luck or them getting an absolute gift from the gods when it comes to the selection committee, which I don't see happening. I think Rutgers is safe as long as bid stealers don't come and get in their way, I think Xavier now is probably at Out. worst, at best, I should say, they are the last team in the field. Uh, let's look at the ACC as a whole, and we talked about the twenty-three and eight, woot woot whatever. I don't give, I don't care about that. The thing I care about is like, Blake, has there has the ACC ever been this bad in our life? No. It's
1: horrendous. It's because the tides are starting to turn. You realize everybody's leaving. You know, coach-wise, UNC, they haven't... I don't think Herbert Davis is a bad coach. I don't think he's a good recruiter.
0: Well, UNC hasn't really recruited the blue-chip, one-and-done level guys outside of... The year with um, Nazir Little and Colby White, Colby White, and that was the best team they've had yeah. probably in the last. Decade. They're just
1: the UNC's just not that hit school anymore. It's just not. It's it's the only team in the ACC that's a hit school. Still is Duke, and Duke's always going to be matter.
0: I think Florida State is to a small extent, but after today, man, Florida I'm really State. hoping they get rid of And the thing is I hate it because Ham can recruit guys. Like, they have really good recruiting classes. But how the fuck do you lose to, by 40 today to Syracuse, man?
1: Yeah, that was bad.
0: That's horrific.
1: Um, obviously, who else is in the ACC? Wasn't Louisville in the ACC? Louisville in are. the ACC. They're not as good anymore. Virginia, they're not good anymore. Boston College, Wake Forest, they're never really They've they've never really, they've never really been good. Clemson, Virginia Tech, again, they've never.
0: But still, like, you go to these good years in the ACC. Louisville, I mean, I I mean, Virginia won a title three years ago, obviously. Louisville, since the ACC, they haven't done their best year since they moved to the ACC was Donovan Mitchell, his one and done year, back in 2000, I think 17, it was. Uh, But, I I mean, all their success obviously came when they were in the Big East and the AAC. Clemson, though. Clemson made the Sweet 16 a few years ago. Yeah, Clemson uh, has made a few tournaments. Virginia Tech... Remember that game against Zion yeah, no, no. Duke well, team? They yeah. were they were in the Sweet Sixteen. No, what I'm saying is like they're two, just
1: two they year? were they're just not anymore. Is the thing the ACC isn't? It, it happened it, fast. It, It's it's just it's just not the conference to go to.
0: Two years two tournaments ago, so 2019, obviously 2020, we didn't have one. The ACC had five of the final sixteen teams left: Duke, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Florida State. And Virginia Virginia went on to win the national title. UNC, VT, UNC and Florida State both lost in the Sweet 16. Virginia Tech lost in the Sweet 16 to Duke in that epic game. Duke lost in the Elite Eight to Michigan State. Virginia won the national championship. Since then, last year's ACC, gross. Terrible. Horrifically gross. 2020 would have been the year that they would have had some good representation that Florida State team was on its way to being a one seed. I thought Florida State was Final Four bound. How they were playing with man, Forrest. That team was loaded. That Duke team that year was pretty solid. Was that I think that was the Cassius Stanley season? Cassius
1: Stanley and Vernon Carey.
0: And I'm not I wasn't big on those two guys, but I thought as a whole, I thought that team was pretty good. Because uh, if I'm not mistaken, they still had uh Tyus Jones, right? Or Trey, Trey. Jones, yep. I believe, and he was playing Trey really well. Trey Wendell Moore. So that was Wendell Moore's freshman year. That team was still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that Virginia team that year was solid too. So like, would they have done much? No. But like, twenty twenty, and then you have last year, the ACC champ and the ACC tournament champ was Georgia Tech. Duke and Carolina both missed the field. Florida State got to the Sweet Sixteen, but that team was a a bit. They peaked way too early, and they were underwhelming. Virginia got bounced in round one. Not, it's just, it's, this used to be the premier conference in college basketball. And right now it is, it's suffering. I don't know what it is. You mentioned the coaching and
1: stuff, but. Here, I this obviously, this doesn't show really, you know, this doesn't really prove anything. But let me, you know, usually it's, you know, um the ACC dominating the player recruiting and the, like the top 100 a lot of times they go to the ACC you have for the ACC out of the top 100 players you have one
0: this is the a, this is the, yes, this is the top 100 for next year Blake is counting he's at 5
1: You have 11 mm-hmm. going to the ACC. Five of them are going to Duke. For next
0: year's top one. For next year.
1: And I believe two, two two of them are going to Florida State. No, none are going to Florida State. No, Okay, one not next One season. is going to Florida Ooh. State.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Sorry, I lied. Two, you are right. Two are going to so Florida said, State. So I thought they had top with you guys. Two are going to Florida State. So you have one, two, three, four. Four for Duke. You have two for Florida State. You have two. Three for Virginia and two for UNC. Or UNC? And those are your
0: powers, I guess, right now. But like, it's sad how it, far it's they just—they're just not as. Attractive. And I am big on. I'm. I am big on recruiting classes. Don't matter. Our recruiting I, rankings. The, recruiting rankings don't matter. Recruiting classes, obviously. Recruiting rankings don't matter. But the ACC has been the flashiest as of late. Yeah. The last half decade look,
1: or so. I mean, there is one
0: and done type, high drama, high impact. There
1: is there is more people going to ohio state in this than there is to unc again, virginia florida state and again you have at- more for illinois than you do for half of the acc mm-hmm. you have more for arkansas than you have more for half the acc teams you have more for usc there's five in here for the usc like it's just acc it's just people know that acc doesn't mean anything now no, it's not what it it's was. It's not what it was. I mean, so, I mean, Duke's Duke. They're always going to be Duke. That, but like, the attractive schools now are Baylor, um, Alabama, uh, Arkansas, Ohio State, Illinois, Arkansas to an extent, Illinois. It's just, it's different. It's different. It's a different it, game. It's a different game. Even like Kentucky, they they don't have. They have two. Cal, though, is starting to become a transfer portal hunter, though. He is because way more.
0: Because his, <laughs> a, the a good chunk of, two of his best five guys are transfer portal dudes. Oscar Shibway, who's probably going to win National Player of the Year, and then Dylan Grady, who's a superstar sniper for them.
1: Like, even on here, you have, I, I see four or five H, HB, HBCU schools. Yeah. It's just how it is now. It's just how it is now. It's college basketball is way more wide open than it's a, than it's been. ever been.
0: Again, it's just like 2019. I mentioned it. They had five teams in the Sweet 16. That semifinal, Virginia and Florida State, and on the other end, Duke and North Carolina. And like that's like Final Four caliber shit. Have those four of those all four of those teams made up four of the last 16 schools in the tournament, and then obviously you added Virginia Tech and that season was nuts like crazy crazy hours but uh compared to now let's actually kind of break down uh this tournament duke's path it if it's not them it is pretty disappointing right even if they play like carolina again carolina is not better than them the fact There's that no they team. lost There's them no... losing to Carolina Saturday was really bad. I don't but, know if but it was, what did, what did I tell you going into
1: that? They always lose important games. I don't like know that. if
0: it was the players, it was so much pressure. Carolina was A, playing desperate, they're playing for their tournament lives. B, you know, they had nothing to lose, etc. But like, man, they played horrendous on Saturday and ended up losing in double digits. Baycott tore them up. I would say you want you
1: want to know the difference here. Hmm. You want you want to know the difference in what? Twenty-eight free throws for UNC on Duke, Saturday. Duke eight. They had the same amount of personal fouls. They just. I'm not saying. I'm not. Don't. 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 I'm not saying it's the refs. I'm just saying UNC was able to get to the line. Duke UNC was, was able to get to the Duke, line. Duke, Duke, Duke wasn't.
0: Duke wasn't getting inside. They were taking bad perimeter shots. They were taking bad mid-post shots. They weren't drawing. They have the good. same
1: amount of assists. Same amount of blocks. The have a, they shot the exact same amount from the field, the exact same amount of shots. They made the exact same amount of shots. The issue was Duke's guys wanted to sit on the outside and and
0: try to score, from fifteen to twenty five five feet out. North Carolina's guards were driving, they were dishing it to Baycott inside. The only guy that was living on perimeter shots is Brady Manic. Mm-hmm. He was the only kind of guy that was just out there actually trying to hunt hunt
1: jumpers. And we're we're not gonna win. Duke will not win with AJ Griffin taking four shots. I'm not saying I'm not saying even if he would have taken more than four shots, they would have won. But you can't you can't live with Paolo Bancaro having thirty shots. You're not going to win with him shooting thirty shots. He times. shot
0: thirty times on Saturday.
1: Twenty eight, but
0: that's he, bl- he, still that's he, wild.
1: He, you're not going to win with him taking you know, twenty three five and five on eleven of twenty eight. Whatever, but you're not going to win. It's not, not a good game. You're not a good game. You're not winning that way. You're no. not you need an all-around game. Trevor Keels, he's been good lately, but 4 of 15. Where where where's where's AJ Griffin here? Mm-hmm. Who's been your best player the last month and a half? Two AJ months? Griffin. AJ Griffin. You're not going to win with him taking four shots. You're just not. Mark Williams was 8 of 11. Again, Wendell Moore was 4 of 8. AJ Griffin cannot be the lowest. He he shot less shots than Jimmy Jimmy Roach. And he comes off the bench. And Blake hates Jeremy Roach. You, you're just not going to be able to win that way. And I think what I've noticed is I'm not even. I don't even think Duke's going to win at all. The tournament? No. no. I, ACC tournament. I think they're going to win. I'm talking about if they the,
0: do not win the ACC tournament, it will. be I'm just talking about March Madness. Shocking, cause they,
1: I could easily see them losing in the first round. It just really depends if they play as a team or not. Just this whole. I love Paolo. I think he's a very good NBA prospect. I think he's going to be a top five pick, but. This whole playing ISO ball with him giving it to him on the three point line and him doing two jab steps and throwing it up from three, it, you're not you you're not going to win. They're going to play. Their coach K is going to coach them out. Mm-hmm. He and he's been bad for years.
0: He has not been good for a while. I watched that twenty. Speaking of that twenty nineteen season, we're reminiscing on it. I went back and watched a few months ago that North Carolina Duke ACC semifinal. That was the one time that year that those two teams played uh, fully healthy because, remember, Zion blew his, – his shoe blew up in the game at Cameron. And then when they played in uh, – when they played at North Carolina, the – Zion didn't play. Our, Cameron is was really, really good, but they were just shorthanded. And I think Kobe White lit them up in that second game they played at Chapel Hill but in that that ACC tournament game was nuts and i went back and watched and i was like dog roy williams and coach k were fucking terrible that year those were the two best teams in college basketball and they both, and north carolina got dog walked by auburn auburn was great they made the final four if it wasn't for them fouling a three point shooter they would have went to the national title game but they got smoked by auburn and duke lost to michigan state in the semifinal in the in the elite 8 there's no reason that those two teams should not have went to the final four, and the way it played out, they would have played for the, they would have played for the national title. There's no reason why that should not have happened. Nope. Those two teams were nutty. Like Same nutty. reason
1: this year, this Duke team should easily be able to compete for them. But I just, I, I think there are a lot of better teams put together. I than don't them. see it.
0: There is going to be, there's a chance with how it could work that there's going to be like a matchup in the seven to ten spot that I think they'll avoid having a bad matchup and get to the second weekend. But if there's an opportunity there, you'll definitely hear it from me to tell you like what team can pick them off cuz I there's an opportunity they get sniped. Like that like Jason Tatum's team they lost to South Carolina. Now granted, that South Carolina team made the final four that final four. year. But they were. that's the type of that's the type of thing we're looking at with them is they could get sniped like that. Who would have thought that that team would have lost to fucking South Carolina, you know? Yeah. Um other teams in this AC tournament Obviously, with North Carolina, I would probably, as much as I, you know, as much as I want to rag on them, they have played their way back into the tournament field. They're probably on the 11 line right now. Uh, I think they're safely in, barring, like, unless they lose tomorrow to I think it will be be the winner of the Louisville-Virginia game. If they lose to one of them and then you have a couple bid stealers, like you have like a freaking team from the big east steal the steal a bid like if butler somehow ran the table and got to the and got and won the tournament if you have something like that or if you have like washington or oregon win the pack 12 to steal a bid something like that happening could be their downfall if they lose tomorrow i think with the win tomorrow they're pretty much locked wake was the same way and they screwed the pooch but i think there's no way wake can get back into the field now um i think wake's out their non-conference schedule is horrendous. They have no good good, good wins. Mm. When the best thing on your resume was, hey, we were down like nine to Duke, and we almost won because Duke sucked at the free throw line, and we got and we tied it, and then Mark Williams won on a game on a shot that might have been basket interference. It wasn't. They didn't call it, and Duke beat us. If that's your best thing on your resume, you probably shouldn't be allowed in the field of 68. So I think Wake Forest is out for me. Um, but when it comes to the rest of the ACC, I think North Carolina's safely in. They're playing well. You got to give them credit. Uh, they've kind of figured it out a little bit. I don't really like their makeup. I think when they do get in, they're going to play like a Houston or a St. Mary's or something like that, and they're going to get waxed in round one. Like there's going to be, it's going to be hard for me to pick them to win a game in the tournament. What say you? About North Carolina, your favorite, your favorite team oh, that no. blue.
1: Them, if they would have lost to Duke, I think they were out. But with them being Duke, I think that they're going to be in. They could, I th- even if they lose on the first round of, of the ACC tourney, I still think they're in. I think they're more of like a seven to eight seed. No, they are. They're. Do you think they're lower than that? They, I'm tell, that that what I said is not a joke. They are
0: probably living on the ten at best line. They're think probably so? yes. They are going to be one
1: of the last
0: eight teams to make the tournament.
1: Um, I think right now, if they go far in the tournament, they could be sitting at a 7-8. But right now, I I would agree with that. Especially if they lose in the first round. It's
0: hard to jump seeds like that over a conference tournament. Um, I think their best case scenario is they somehow... Like, if they won the ACC tournament maybe you can find the way to put them on like the nine line but that's it like they're probably in the 10 or 11 spot um that's just where they're kind of at mm-hmm. um i'm not trying to say hey you're wrong and i'm right i'm just saying from all the research i'm done, from people i'm talk i'm looking at all the stuff that i'm seeing when you compare when you just put teams up on a board and say like all right so i have like north carolina and then like freaking who's another team in that category Like a a Creighton or something like that. Creighton's resume, when you put them up together, is a bit bit better as it will nudge over North Carolina's. Unless obviously, if North Carolina can pick up a trophy this week, and then that would make a difference. Miami and Notre Dame, I think, are two other teams. The only other two ACC teams that are probably going to make the tournament. I think Miami, they beat Duke this year. They only played once; it was at Cameron. Miami has some stuff that I like. They're just so damn inconsistent. And I think Notre Dame, they just don't match up well at all with them because they don't have the firepower. Yep. Uh, Duke's biggest test definitely is going to be. If they win tomorrow, obviously. I'm sure you heard the Buddy Beheim news. He got suspended for tomorrow.
1: There should be no reason they don't win tomorrow.
0: Um, did you see the play that Beheim?
1: Oh yeah, he definitely punched him in the stomach.
0: So I didn't see. Yeah. So that was the right. The was it
1: right? Like the suspension. Oh yeah, he definitely punched him in the stomach.
0: Okay because I heard he did it there was like no even foul called or something Oh yeah there's nothing he What was the
1: context? <laughs> it was just like a rebound and he just like punched him in the stomach. So the suspension was warranted? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay.
0: So you have that and then uh they would probably play Miami which I would that would probably that'd be a tough game for him. That'd be that wouldn't be a cakewalk for Duke. I would say that. For, for Syracuse don't think they're a cakewalk for Duke? No, I'm saying if they win that game, they would play Miami. I'm saying that oh, would not no, be Oh, no, that's cakewalk.
1: not a cakewalk for Duke. No, no,
0: not at all. And then you probably see North Carolina or Notre Dame barring upsets. We'll see. So we both are on the we think Duke is in. Or or uh, winning? Excuse me, the favorites to win the ACC. Oh yeah, yeah. My Uh, bad. I had a. I had a. I was about to say. Um, I had had hoped. I had a brain. I think they're a top sixty-eight team in the country. My brain. My brain. uh, You remember at the end of No Way Home? Spoiler alert! When uh, the fabrics of the of the universe were starting to tear open. Yeah. Um, that was what my brain just did
1: at a moment there. Definitely, I could tell that. Yeah, I think Duke should easily be the favorite. Um. I'm not. I'm not even saying they're gonna win, but they definitely should be the favorite. Um, I don't think really anybody should be considered else to be the favorite. It just, it all depends on matchups. If I'm gonna be honest, Miami, Miami, Miami is Miami's
0: gonna give them the best. Obviously, if they play North Carolina again on Saturday, that would be moderately interesting. But if they're again any other game before that, it's Miami because Miami beat them. They have the yep. guards to do some stuff. Chucky e. Moore has been around forever, but he's uh, he's uh, he's tough. Uh, we did good stuff today. I will do what I can. Do you want to get? Do you want to give like a three and a half minutes soliloquy on what we saw this weekend with Batman without giving spoilers? I've seen it twice now. By
1: the way, did you see it twice? I saw it Monday. Um, again, it's not better than the Dark Knight. Um, it's solid. It's in the room, though, man. Give it the res- give it respect. I give it a solid seven and a half out of ten. Uh, The Riddler was amazing. So can I give you... It sets up a lot for the future, more than people think. Can I give you a hot take? Yeah. We can... I don't think we can...
0: We cannot sit front row anymore. Why? If you go see Batman again, do not sit front row. Do not sit up close. You will... will Well, that, that was the
1: only option that we had. No, I
0: know. I know. Luckily, I went Monday and it wasn't packed at all. It was pretty open. So I wanted to sit up higher. You will see a different viewpoint of how the movie is shot. How the picture is, you'll be able to take in more of the of the of everything on each shot. Um, it made me. Res- it, honestly, sitting there, I, I swear to God, this is so dumb to think. Even if you sat like where we sat for like No Way Home, where you're sitting like third, like that front row of the, or like the back of the front section, or like the front of the second section, that's better than where we were, because. We're, like, on the bottom of this big-ass screen. Uh, but sitting almost up top, we were, like, in the middle. It was able to give me a different view of... Each shot was so grainy. And it made me almost think that the movie was based in, like, the late 90s. Because his suit... I saw different... I was able to see different angles on what his suit looked like and how actually throwback it was. And just the way the policemen were dressed and stuff. Like, they looked... It looked way more old-school. But I feel like it was obviously set in more of a modern time, like mid-2000s, twenty ten something of that nature, yep. compared to like the 90s. But yeah, I just, I really, and it was so grainy and gritty, it made me respect the movie so much more than I did on Saturday. I didn't come out of it, obviously, with that giddy feeling that I did on Saturday, where I, I as someone who thinks The Dark Knight's the greatest movie ever made, I would... Go to bat saying the Batman is in the ring with him with with that movie, uh that is what I said on Saturday. I still probably have that take because I feel like if you're not willing to have the discussion, I feel like you're just a closed-minded person.
1: I'm not willing to have the discussion because of valid reasons. Uh, but I think it's damn good. It, no, it was a it was a very good movie. Also, it was easily also, the best DC movie. In a while.
0: Uh, the second, when you say that, I, I almost say, like, I don't even consider it a DC movie. Because it's nothing like any other superhero movie that's ever been made. It is literally, per, it is what the Christopher Nolan trilogy was. They were not superhero movies. They are crime, noir, action. They're c- crime, noir movies, uh, suspense movies, murder mysteries that are wrapped up with a guy in a batsuit. Trying to solve the case, that's what it is, and it's fucking incredible. That's what makes it so good. Uh, now, future stuff, whatever they do, if they uh, mad, if they merge it with what's happening now with like Justice League stuff, that'd be cool, you know. But I just don't want to see that for a long time. Uh, but yeah, seeing it a second time, it made me, it made me re. Uh, it gave me a different perspective on how Pattinson played as Bruce Wayne and as Batman.
1: You mean Batman? Huh? We saw three months of Bruce Wayne.
0: I'm I'm talking as a both. I understand the Bruce Wayne stuff because of where he's at, where he's at in his life. If you actually think about it, it's just, he doesn't know how to separate them both. I will say I think that they should have dumps and stuff at the end after everything happened to kind of tie off, and give him a finish on the Bruce Wayne part they were trying they were clearly trying to tell the story of he does not know how to be bruce wayne he does not know how to be a a kid a 20 something year old with with all of this money all he cares about is this one thing and i think that over time he is going to like the story is him learning on how to help the city in other ways other than just being the guy who goes out at night and beats the shit out of people um so that's why I understand, and that's why I don't have a bat. That's why I don't have the, oh, his Bruce Wayne sucked takes because I understand. I understand what they're trying to get at. I wish there was a little bit more, but I really do understand what they're trying to get at. Did you have any other thoughts on it?
1: It was a good all around movie. Definitely, I definitely suggest go going to see it. Yes, God, it was something. It was a, it was a
0: spectacle. I was long for the ride. It was some... And uh, you know what? I, the last thing I'll say. You know what I realized again seeing it a second time? All two hours and 56 minutes of it belonged in the movie. There was not a point... Oh, yeah,
1: there's not a point in the movie There's not a point where... of
0: the movie where it's like, the scene does not belong. And for a movie that long... There's movies that are like an hour and 20 minutes that you're like, what the fuck? We need to take this shit out. But that movie was... Because what part of the movie could you take out where you would be like, okay, everything can make sense. Everything flowed perfectly bit by bit. I don't think there is anything that you can really take out that can be, you know, because it all was part either character development or setting up scenes or big crazy shit. Fantastic. It was a while. I can't wait for the the DVD to come out so we can get the extended cut because they said there's some other scenes in there that involve a certain person that showed up in the end. I don't know if you've heard this. Matt Reeves said said in an interview, Shout out to the new goat. But, uh, yeah, that DVD is going to be bought, and we are going to watch the four-hour version that was uncut (laughs) left on the floor. Oh, boy. We are going to watch that. All right, brother. Good shit as always. Yes, sir. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Educated Ignorance Podcast. Shout out to Blake as always for... Uh, Holding it down. Well, uh, the upcoming schedule on Sunday, we're going to have a, we're going to record a podcast with our Selection Sunday recap. Um, Hopefully I got a special guest, my guy Brian, hopefully he's going to be joining for that one. Record that, that'll be out Monday or so. Middle of next week, probably Wednesday, will be the big bracket breakdown. All 68 teams will try to get it out before Probably be after the first set of first four games, and uh, it'll be out uh, so we won't get too much on the first four teams like those getting in, but it's going to be a huge deep dive into the entire bracket. If you go to my Facebook, Joe the Showwinkle, you will see me have a version of this. Last year, I did it on Facebook Live. Or pretty much I broke down the entire tournament, every single team, certain matchups that you could see, et cetera, and uh, who I thought would make the final four and win the national title. So that you're going to get next week, middle of next week. Can't wait for it. So until then, thank you all for listening. Follow us on Twitter, uh, Joe the, Show QCSN, Joe the Show 365 JoeTheShowWinkle on Facebook, uh, and also shout-out to the FFSQC boys at FFSQC on Twitter for holding it down. Until the next time, this has been the Educating English Podcast from the game room where game is discussed. Game was discussed today. And remember, folks, if you ain't got your game, best pass the sticks. We'll see you next time. And the next time we speak, a bracket will be revealed. Until then, we are out. Peace.